1: In episode 20 of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss deja vu for the Cowboys, bottle job bills, some off-season storylines to look out for, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone. Oli Dan Yates and Chris Tebert here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. We have a full house yet again. Tebs, good to have you back. Did you enjoy a stress-free, dolphinless week?
0: Well, yes, only because I know that if uh, the Dolphins played the Bengals, we would have won. So, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, well, that's a bold statement, but uh, I think it's fair to say you have two people that will uh, reject that claim. Uh, one of them is Dan. How are you this week, Dan? <laughs> I'm good,
2: mate. I'm good. I love the way that you opened up with a uh, cheap shot at your team playing, and
1: and neither of us. That was that was nice. Appreciate that. Yeah, I suppose we forgot to mention actually the uh, Seahawks. Uh, you had a stress pre week as well. We did, but we're
2: very much looking forward to our top five pick in the draft, so that'll be nice.
1: Good for you, good for you. You enjoy that top five pick and watching the 49ers continue in the off season. Um, Whatever keeps you happy, mate. Uh, you're listening to the NFL Vent Zone. Welcome to this second week of the playoffs version. Um, Tebs, I missed you greatly last week and uh, I think you can guess why. Not only did I have to painstakingly go back to doing some uh, outros, but I also had to take on the difficult task of introducing people to the Vent Zone. So tebbs
0: it's good to have you back let them have it so are you you got friends that wondered playoffs? playoffs they don't know what they don't know what that is they don't know what that is they're, they're thinking about maybe like man oh arsenal's doing quite well yeah but i don't i don't deal with that sort of thing i don't do that sort of thing the glazers you know they man united tampa bay that's the only close link you're going to get on this show to man united or are you, more of your football soccer based nonsense why is it why is the ball round It's unnatural. Don't like it. Icky. Disgusting. No good. But the NFL Vent Zone is here for, well, your team's at the playoffs. Okay, that's cool. Your team's at the playoffs. But why are they still making the headlines? Why can't you just have a nice normal week with no news? How about we just have the Dolphins franchise is a good franchise. And that's the news. No, it's never the news. So this is the place to come on and discuss the news with us. We can help you get some therapy. Get it off your chest. We're not registered therapists therapists, but we might as well we might as well be sports therapists. I know that's an actual thing. We're not those, but we're pretty close.
1: Well, all I'll add to that is, you're right. We're not registered therapists yet. Who knows? We might be proving that there is a very, very decent need for this, and maybe it's just a matter of time before we're official. Uh, but yeah, we are the NFL Vent Zone. We want to help. Send us your vents, nflventzone at gmail.com we we'll link up with us on social media, and we'll get it in. Uh, get it in. We'll get it on the show. <laughs> uh, right, we've uh, we were blessed with four games this week that uh, probably underwhelmed. Uh, it's meant to be uh, a, a, an incredible week of uh, top-notch football all the way through. Uh, it wasn't, and we're gonna we're gonna vent about that a little bit today. So we're gonna start off with the first game. Dan, take it away. So my vent this week is about the jacks
2: now they got fortunate with the patrick mahomes injury and they did nothing with it because that game was absolutely there for the taking for them and if you go back and watch the first drive their pass rush was getting home they did some good creative stuff blitzing mahomes gets injured and they go i'll oh, we'll just sit back in coverage and rush four and not blitz up all day because we don't think he can beat us q chad Henney taking the Chiefs for the longest-ever drive in playoff history for their franchise, and scoring a touchdown. And then Mahomes coming back and scoring another touchdown on one leg. The play calling was so abject after Mahomes got injured that they looked like they just thought they had it in the bag, and went, all we need to do is not screw it up, don't give away big plays, and we'll definitely win. Well, you didn't, and it comes down to your defense.
1: That's yeah, my well, mind. it's it's funny because it's potential that when Mahomes got that injury and was clearly so hobbled by it, it did almost it probably caught them off guard a little bit where they where they uh they took their foot off the gas and they went, oh well they, you know we're playing, we're going to be going up against either a hobbled Mahomes or a second string quarterback so we they kind of almost stopped thinking about it but the reality is is that's still a very good team uh around the quarterback position you still got you still got travis kelsey for god's sake You still got a good offensive line pacheco oh my god he looked rapid um so uh yeah still a good team that you got to deal with and i think they just uh maybe forgot that a little bit um so yeah it's I'm so glad... because their game plan was awesome and it was working like you watched that
2: first drive yeah they scored a touchdown but every play was like how much how on earth did he manage to make that throw like it was all Mahomes being incredible, and they got to him on basically every play. And then from then on, they just went, you know what? We'll throw that game out the window. He can't move, so let's not sack him. What are we doing? You have an injured quarterback. Go and hit the guy. Hit him.
0: <laughs> In terms of what Eddie thought- Well, We sort of harkens back to um, the the playoff game that the Browns had with the Chiefs many years ago, where you know. Mahomes got up; he was very shaky. They put Chad Henne on. Realistically, you know that game was there for the taking for the Browns, but you know they didn't capitalize. And it's exactly the same situation here with the Jags. I'd obviously argue the Jags probably a better put together team, though I'd say the Browns' defense um, arguably was you know comparable or the same. Again, it's you know you you can't really um, like the like the Chiefs are a good team. It's it's as simple it's as simple as that. And like Mahomes can you know make magic when he's not running you know i feel like where this is going to um really be the test for Mahomes home to the chiefs is against the bengals obviously the bengals did this last year um you know truth be told we'll get to the locks later on i think they're going to do it again um you know the the somehow they're going to cheese it you know why, why is eli apple still employed by anyone you know um but yeah it. It's as simple as that. Teams just teams doubt the the rest of the Chiefs' offense or the rest of the Chiefs' team in general. They just think it's just Mahomes. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, it does feel like that, but it's not the case.
1: No, it's not Absolutely. And obviously, they were going up against a good offense as well. So the defense turned up and uh, made up for any shortcomings that could have come from the <clears throat> from the offensive side. But at the end of the day, they scored twenty seven even though Mahomes left with an injury and uh, was frankly bothered by it the whole game. Yeah, and the real um,
2: issue today, one more point because I know we need to move on. Um, Mahomes has the most touchdowns this year in the pocket of any quarterback. So thinking that you were just going to leave him in the pocket and because he can't move his feet, he's not going to be dangerous, was stupid. He also has the biggest drop-off in passer rating across the entire league from when he has a clean pocket to when he's under pressure. So why on earth they went, he can't move, let's not bother putting him under pressure. It's just beyond me. It really annoyed me watching that game.
1: Yeah, it was frustrating. Um, And maybe we'll see. Uh, We'll be interesting to see what happens with the Chiefs moving forward because they've got a tough game ahead against the Bengals, who played against the Bills this week in what I found to be one of the more underwhelming games because it just set up to be an absolute monster. Um, But, Tevs, you're taking this
0: one on? Just really funny, isn't it? Just really funny. (laughs) Once again, for me, like the the whole storyline going into this game, as far as I'm concerned, is NFL was selling tickets to a neutral site game for Chiefs versus Bills for the AFC Championship in Atlanta. The Bengals looked at that and went, "Sorry, what? each point we are?" And like it was something that we discussed previously on the show, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, is the Bills are perennial bottle jobs, and and it, and it's true. You know, when when they played the Minnesota earlier on in the season, um, they. They bottled it, you know, like I i managed I picked that and I'll keep riding that one. But for me it's you can't do this to a team like the Bengals. Like just because, you know, the Rams have fallen off quite considerably, um, doesn't mean that the Bengals have. Uh, obviously you've got the issues with Stefan Diggs post game. Um truth be told, I'm not um I'm not gonna see her and slander, you know, Stefan Diggs because uh at uh, sort of the base level he's he's very much within his right to be annoyed as far as i'm concerned um you know he's a good player he won the super bowl ring um this was this was their year according to literally everyone and their mother um but it just wasn't wasn't to be it wasn't to be where where the uh bills go from here is um interesting a stat that i saw is you know Sean McDermott um, is the only defensively minded coach who was coaching an AFC um, team in the playoffs, and as far as I'm concerned, that is a very big um, deciding factor about what the Bills need to do. Because as far as I'm concerned, the changes need to happen. Now you've been on the cusp, you've been on the cusp. But like, if you, if you keep things the same when you're on the cusp, congratulations, you'll just be on the cusp year in year out.
1: Exactly, and it was the de- and it was the, like the defensive issues last year as well that proved to be such an issue. Um, Dan, over to you. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think if you look at the the Bills roster, it's
2: it's not as good as the four teams that are left, right, top to bottom. If you look at the the defensive line, there's no one really there that scares you. Von Miller was supposed to be that guy. He got injured, shocker. He's an older player. Old players get injured. Um, they spent. A high pick on james cook who looks great when he's on the field as a running back but hasn't really offered what you want for a for a pick that high their receivers are slow and not very good when you're targeting cole beasley and john brown in 2023 like what are you doing the bengal's third receiver is tied Boyd, void and he'd be the best receiver on the bills um so the roster's not as good Um, the bit that surprised everyone I think was the Bengals backup linemen playing well and the Bills not being able to get pressure on them Um, but top to bottom it it wasn't, you know, it's not particularly close they have been relying on Josh Allen's magic and he just couldn't pull it off Um, the tickets thing annoys me though because and this is a very contrary take right, the NFL did what they're legally required to do under their contract the Chiefs sold tickets to a home championship game the bengals sold tickets to a home championship game in case the jags beat the chiefs so everyone did it it's just the fact that because it was a it was a neutral site that's what got everyone annoyed but every team that was potentially hosting a championship game sold tickets it wasn't (laughs) just the nfl
1: yeah the bengals were the the bengals were really wound up as well to for the uh the whole coin toss um that they got fucked over so, yeah yeah so uh they obviously were playing motivated um and is the things you picked up there were obviously bang on as they always are from you Dan. um but the obviously the 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 Bills picking um james cook quite quite highly to give them a, a running back room of uh uh devon singletree and james cook and uh they couldn't run the ball like they. This is a game where you need your. This is a game where you need your running backs to perform, and uh, it. Who was the team that performed and dominated with the running game and the offensive line? It was the Bengals, who everyone thought were going to struggle for those exact reasons. Um. So yeah, that was uh, that was very impressive. But what was even more impressive was a event that we had at the beginning of the season. So we'll just roll this now, and uh, I think you'll all see why we're impressed.
3: Going into this season, the Buffalo Bills are ranked number one and on the power rankings go into the NFL. And I have absolutely no idea why. A franchise that has a history of being serial losers. I think in football you have winners and losers and that mentality that goes through a franchise and through the players is what at the end of the day will determine the success in their season. I can already predict what's going to happen this season. Easiest division in football, they'll get a bye week and they'll turn up for that first playoff game. They may or may not win that first one, but I have no doubt whatsoever that they will bottle it. Josh Allen is not a winner and will never be a winner. And all this hype around the bills coming into the season is absolute trash because at the end of the day they may have you know the best season ever their best season ever you know that could happen they could play the best football in the league all season but at the end of the day when it comes to postseason they will lose they will bottle it and I have no doubt if that and these experts that rank them number one I really really are struggling to understand how they've done that.
1: Now, we may have a certain someone in here got a bit triggered by that, saying that uh, the Bills were in the easiest uh, division in the league, but uh, we're going to move on anyway. I'll also just add that uh, our Venter there uh, did go on to say that the perfect example of a quarterback who's changing the fortunes of a franchise was Joe Burrow, and uh, that is also proving to be another uh, prediction from that vent that is coming through nicely for him um, and the Bengals. Uh, Right, moving on to the final game oh no not, not yeah the final game of um this uh, the week this weekend of games uh my beloved 49ers versus the cowboys uh we have another audio clip here so producer cash if you're ready to roll that so i think this is a brilliant summation of the cowboys
0: as far as jerry well you know we want to put on a show we're the ultimate showman i'm pt Barnum and barnum and it's the dallas cowboys the best show you guys put on was tuning in to see how many kicks your kicker would miss. That was the most intriguing thing. They showed up, they got thumped. Dak Prescott, your hero, your prince, the face of the organization, was outplayed by a rookie, a neophyte who's never been there before by far. And the worst part is no one is surprised. And when you have a chance to throw it to Cavante Turpin at the end of the game with your season on the line, you have to do it, guys. I don't know why everyone's criticizing that play. It's not just that they lose every year in the playoffs. It's that there's always this massive joke at the end of the season, They're like like a walk-off, like on the SNL when they say goodnight on the stairs to sign off from the episode.
1: So I don't know if you boys have seen it. Um, you have now. You've at least seen 40 seconds of it. It's a two-minute clip from Kyle Brandt, Kyle Brandt, on the uh, NFL Network on Good Morning Football. Now, I love this because everybody in, like everyone that's not a Cowboys fan kind of feels this way, and it really sums up the nfl's opinion of the 49 of, of the cowboys where you hear it all season where everybody's talking about although oh, you know they'll get one and done but the cowboys fans they're there they're saying this is the year you got jerry jones as the most vocal owner in the league and one that frankly is very very annoying Um there were videos of him uh that went out that brett maher during the warm-ups missed a couple of kicks so jerry jones goes out there and has a word with him during the pre-game wall-ups. I don't know if you're Mike McCarthy, how you feel about that. Um, But the reality is, as Kyle Brandt so excellently put there, they are just predictably underwhelming. This is now... um, Like, Dak Prescott is paid... uh, I don't know, Danny off the top of your head, but surely he's got a top three or four contract in the league uh, for... Yeah, well, either way, he did... is proven now just to crumble. Uh, this game, he genuinely did get outplayed by Brock Purdy. Who I'm not saying Brock Purdy had a great game, but he definitely outplayed him. You have got Zeke on a ridiculous contract through to 2027, but is now a specialist three-yard running back. Um, it, the organization, they just they don't prove to be able to turn it around. And as a 49er fan, I love it. But as a uh, <laughs> looking at this from a Cowboys perspective, what? Where is this going? Like, Are they ever going to turn this around, Dan? Um,
2: not while Jerry Jones insists on being a GM. He's so in ring. If you look at the, the two rosters that we saw at the weekend, I can't think of a single position group where the Cowboys are better than the 49ers, apart from quarterback. Um, but every other position group, if you took them side by side, he'd take the 49ers across the board. Um and Jerry has had a very long time to try and do this. He's unearthed some great players, but where what he's bad at is finding the B level players that make up the majority of a roster that can be good starters that help the star power out. Um the fact that Michael Barsons is not only your best defensive end but also your best middle linebacker stopping the run and your best middle linebacker in coverage is a problem. It's not a good thing. Um, so uh yeah, the roster construction is not great. Uh Zeke should be cut. He'd save them twelve million in cap if he gets cut next year. So they should bring back Tony Pollard and cut. Zeke, because he is
1: done. Tebs, I assume you enjoyed this. We spoke it was only like two weeks ago that I clipped up a one from our podcast where you were basically saying about how Everyone in the league wants their Cowboys to fail. I imagine you
0: enjoyed this one. Um, You know how we sort of talk about sometimes that Tom Brady is the, um, you know, main character of the NFL? Well, the Cowboys always sort of see themselves as the NFL's team. Like it's it's the Cowboys and they call themselves America's team, obviously. It's they see themselves as the main team in the league, right? That's how they. That's how they sort of portray themselves. So to see them lose, you know, always, it's always, it's always funny. It's always funny because Cowboys fans, you know, there, there's no more whiny fans than Cowboys fans. There are worse fans in terms of just being annoying, but no one complains. No one complains with tears in their eyes more than a cowboy more than the cowboys fan when they lose in the playoffs honestly it's like they, they honestly they just start tearing up like it's the you know that the basically like their god-given right has been taken snatched from their very hands by the pretenders of the 49ers or whoever it was the year previous and you know what it's always funny to watch those people just um just try to sort of limit themselves to uh the tears
1: yeah, it's ah, uh, it is every year, and maybe maybe they do just have to accept they're not that good, and they never have no. been, and they've never been robbed of anything. Um, but before we move on, we, we've obviously got to talk about the Forty ers because I know you boys are going to have some strong words about that as well. Um, Brock Purdy wasn't like elite this game, but I don't care, and I'm still not. I wouldn't have anybody say, like, use that as a way to say that he's uh, he's underwhelming because the uh, expectations have to be set realistically. This is still a Mister Irrelevant playing against a very good defense who did play well in that game. And uh, he made enough throws to make it happen. And uh, I thought I was I was still very impressed with uh, him in this game. And uh, obviously, George Kittle just rolls on. I am very scared about playing the Eagles, but I'm enjoying it none, nonetheless. Um, anything bad you want to say about the 49ers before we go on? Uh, no, I'm going to save it all for when you get destroyed this week. Okay, all right, we're saving it up. <laughs> okay. Um, right, you're listening to the NFL Vent Zone, and uh, we want to hear from you uh, some topics for us to discuss on the podcast. Get your vents to us, nflventzone at gmail.com. Uh, we'll bring it up on the show. We'll make you feel better. We'll laugh at you or whatever is most relevant to your chosen topic. But, yeah, send it in nflventzone at com, or send it to us on social media. So, the playoffs playoffs are happening, meaning that the games are now winding down. So we slowly move our attention to what might happen over the off-season and stuff away from the football field. So we picked out a few things that we're going to talk about to head us into the uh, off-season. And uh, Dan, you're kicking us off.
2: Yeah, so I'd like to bring back our uh, punching bag, I mean, uh, our favorite team, which is the Denver Broncos, because they are... Heavily rumored to be looking at a combination of Dan Quinn and Daryl Bevel to come in and fix Russell Wilson. For those of you that aren't overly familiar with the Seahawks, Dan Quinn was our defensive coordinator for like five years and Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator for three or four years before he got fired for guess what? Not making the most of Russell Wilson and running the ball too much. Since then, he's bounced around the league a bit and now... They're looking at the Broncos are looking at hiring Dan Quinn as a head coach, who last time out was on the wrong end of the 28 to 3 Super Bowl. I don't know if anyone remembers that one. I'm sure Patriots fans do and Atlanta fans wish they didn't. And a failed offensive coordinator who Russ didn't like and who didn't like Russ. The fact that they can't get an offensive minded head coach that is excited to come in and make this work. Says everything you need to know about how little people think of Russell Wilson right now. Um, if if people thought he could be fixed, Sean Payson would go there in a heartbeat. Sean Payton has no interest in going there, and they're going to end up with Seahawks rejects who don't get on with the quarterback. It's a disaster.
0: terms go go, take it away. Just again. We get to the point in the league now where it's just really funny, isn't it? Just really, really funny to watch teams just sort of implode before they've even got a chance to do anything. Um, again, this season for me, or for Russell Wilson, is very much about preserving the his Hall of Fame career, right? We spoke earlier, in, not earlier in this show, but earlier in the the show's lineage, um about how matt ryan basic has basically tanked his you know hall of fame ballot quite dramatically um i feel like russell wilson is basically on track to do the same thing and have a season in which um he needs to basically save his legacy um i don't think that bringing in people from the seahawks is gonna particularly help especially considering or not from the seahawks but how have been at the seahawks um and just based on all of the sort of reports we hear about how, um, for lack of a better term, toxic Russell Wilson was for the um, the Seahawks, you know, realistically, like if, if, if I want to watch, um, you know, Russell Wilson with any sort of um, brevity, I will simply watch um, the Seahawks as they currently are instead and just remember that Russell Wilson used to be a part of them and yet they're making um, chicken salad out of a, chicken poo with a with a team that um, no one thought would do uh, much of anything one
1: argument then in to, to say that why can't this work so Russell Wilson was a disaster this year everyone knows that but when when um, if you go back to the Seahawks days when everyone was arguing um, that they should let Russ cook and all of that maybe this year has proven that Russell Wilson shouldn't be let to cook However, he was successful undoubtedly in Seattle. So even though even though the offensive coordinator at the time, who you say is bevel, uh, even though he didn't let him throw enough, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you bring him in and you go you just accept that your ridiculously expensive quarterback is going to have to be more of like in a more of a run first offense, and you just kind of swallow that pride a bit and say, let's let's take about anything that we can do to conjure up. What, where Russell Wilson was good when he was at Seattle, maybe maybe it's worth a shot. My problem with that is that he was
2: good because he could run and because they could move the pocket and because he could escape pressure. And he also happened to have Marshall Lynch that he could hand the ball off to if he got in trouble. And the best defense, or well, one of the best defenses of the last 30 years.
1: They're not far away from that. They got, you got, look, but if, they also can't afford
2: to team... pay anyone now. As if it is, we had <laughs> Russ on a rookie contract as a you know, third or fourth <laughs> round pick okay. that cost nothing, which well, is why is we true. could afford to keep them together for like five years.
1: This is true, but this this is then coming back to my other point then. So you're saying about how coaches don't want to go there and, and you attribute that to Russell Wilson and I think that that is the most likely reason that coaches like Sean Payton don't want to go. There. Although Payton is going for a second... Um, a second interview, I think. Um what there are other reasons why a coach wouldn't want to go to Denver. It's not just Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson showed a few things in those in the last few games after um uh their what's his face? Uh the last coach, why am I blanking? Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Hackett, yeah. Hackett. Nathaniel can't hack it. Yeah, that guy. Um he they, when they got up they got of him There was only little bits and bobs, but Russell also showed little bits here and there. Now, I'm looking at, there's plenty of other reasons why a coach might not want to go to Denver. I don't think it's just Russell Wilson. You're thinking of the contract, which I know is Russell Wilson, but then you're thinking of the contract and then also the lack of of draft picks, which is also Russell Wilson. I know, but but that's not saying that Russell Wilson can't be worked with. That's saying that he just takes up too many resources, that it makes it hard to do the rest of the job. So surely that is a reason enough. People aren't necessarily. I can't work with Russell. They're saying I can't work with the lack of picks and the lack of um, uh, money. But maybe Russell Wilson could be worked with. Do you get what I'm
2: going at? I do, but I um I
1: don't think so. Because <laughs> okay, you do. Like- I'm just trying to look at. I'm just trying to spin some form of positivity for the Broncos. I'm not saying I agree with it, and it's very difficult to do but I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I just think they're in a whole lot of trouble for this next year. Um, but what I do think is if they do get Quinn and Bevel, it will be a, you've got one year to sell Russ out, otherwise he's getting cut and you're getting fired.
1: Well, we're going to leave it there. It's worth noting that as I react live on air, uh, I've just got a notification to say, David Shaw to the Denver Broncos is gaining steam. So uh, maybe this has all been <laughs> a complete waste of time.
2: Right, College but
1: we're not head going to coach, that worked well. Let's move wrong. <laughs> right, let's move on. Uh, Tebbs, you haven't had an t- opportunity to uh, talk about the Dolphins in a while, so uh, I gather you're going to get something off your chest now.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the news came out, uh, you know, over the past week or so, the Tua Tagovailoa will be our quarterback next year. However, you know, it's all well and good, we can say that, but we've not picked up his um, fifth-year option. Which is, which is questionable because we. it's difficult to say without the off-season being over, unfortunately, just because, you know, the Dolphins don't have too much disposable income in terms of being able to go out there and pick players. But we signed Raheem Mostert for one year. We need him again, bring him back. And then we've basically got to... Spunk the rest of the money we've got on the O line. Like, there's no other way to sort of put this. Like, we needed to do that last year, but we need to do it again this year because now people can see what we're capable of when we have a healthy um, tour. Yeah, not no, not not a healthy quarterback, a a, a healthy tour, um, okay. Because, like, you know, you look at Bridgewater didn't do great. Thompson did, you know, did as best he can. Um, but a healthy tour you know the sky's the limit so as far as i'm concerned we need to mike, uh, mike mccarthy mike daniel needs to sit back down with to a give him another session saying you're the you're the guy but we need to um we need to protect the guy we need to protect the guy that's that's basically it like our defense is you know it's, it's good you know it's not horrific it's not the worst it's not the best in the league but it's not it's it's championship winnable um but we need a better o-line this is it's as simple as that. Like as, as far as I'm concerned, like you look at football, uh, practitioners, you look at football pundits as much as, um, you want that good quarterback. Realistically, um, football starts and ends with the O-line as far as I'm concerned. I know that's very much, uh, me talking as someone who's played O-line and currently plays O-line. Um, but it starts and ends with the O-line and as far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins need to, um, just, just, it's not, it's not difficult. Just, it's nice and warm and they don't have to pay tax. Just get, People down to Miami for Christ's sake. People like
1: um, so. You you say that the football starts and ends with the O line, but what about football starting and ending with uh, a certain Mister Tom Brady? Uh, now there's been a few rumors that Brady might be heading uh, heading that way. Uh, you're your all of your eggs are in the uh, tour basket.
0: Yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, all to, all Tom Brady would add to our team is. The ability to sell maybe a few more tickets and they'll have a big rush of jersey sales for a number 12 or they'd have to unretire a number 12 give it tom brady um then they'd have a massive influx of jersey orders probably a, a few a few couple hundred thousand or a couple more thousand maybe a couple more hundred tickets sold but no no i again i i, I like tom brady i do if he does come I think it's going to be a, a a waste of a season if he does come. Yeah.
1: Is he good? Is he good anymore? I mean, I, I, I mean, he, there's no doubt that he has skills in the in the sense that he can he can throw the ball, but he's getting worse at that, and also his ability to uh, not be scared of getting hit is a bit bit of an issue. Dan, can you do you actually think that there's any team out there that would genuinely benefit from having Brady at this point? The Raiders. You think that, but. Okay, so Derek Carr's obviously going, but do you think that the Brady would would Brady be like the top of their list, or, or you think if they, oh, let's forget that Lamar's an option, because I don't think he is. Is Brady the top of people's list, or is he one that, do you know what, he he's, he's better than what we have at the moment? He might be at the top of your list if you have
2: a perfect setup for him. Yeah. Like, one of the big reasons that Brock Purdy's been so successful in San Fran this year is because the team around him is insane. And he very rarely gets pressure in space. He's mobile enough to move when he does get it. Miami are running the same scheme, but their O-line can't block and Tom Brady can't run. That is a bad, bad idea. Um, So, you know, has got injured by getting sacked and he's more mobile than Tom Brady. Um, Where I think the Raiders have got a good enough O-line to look after him and they've got some good pieces they can bring Josh Jacobs back. Um, so I think for someone like the Raiders, he could be at the top of their list, uh, particularly since they're indoors, and it's a nice place to live. Um, I would, if I was Miami, I wouldn't touch it.
1: There you go, down is spoken. I think Tebs is uh, giving the uh, perfect sign, so I
0: think he's all in agreement. Um, yeah, I'm have- so, yeah, like again, it's exactly what it is. Is he's he's an old man, and we don't have and our fucking quarterback got killed. What, what part of those two things goes, yes, let's bring this decrepit, not decrepit, let's bring this old man down to Miami. I know that Florida is, I know that Florida is the place where Americans sort of go to retire, but no, no, no thanks.
2: Well, he does have a big house in Miami and his kids are
1: going to school there, so. Oh, peak. Good for him. The, uh, yeah, the seeds have been sown. Um, It's also worth remembering that that Miami team earlier in the season, you know, the team that had a almost like an eighty-point game versus uh, the Bills, where they just edged them out. Like that was a very good offense, and uh, Tua is definitely capable, and he is perfect for that system. Um, talking about where Brady's perfect for. <laughs> it's true. Right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on from the Dolphins now, Tebs, If that's okay with you, mate. Uh, you're gonna have to wait until next week to uh to talk about them uh i'm gonna finish up with one of and with the most annoying characters i find in the in the nfl i don't know what it is about aaron Rodgers, but when i see him on um pat mcafee's show did you it just Frustrates me. I, I don't know if it's some the kind of like air of arrogance that he has, but it can't be that because you'd expect that from a quarterback that's been as successful as he has But it's just I don't know, just the the way he always has this drama around him. Like every off season, it's felt like the same story. Now we're going to go through it all again. Um, and then the yeah, he's just he's winding me up basically. And uh, the thing that has uh, obviously come into um at the forefront recently is you know where's he going to play again. And uh, on Pat McAfee, he said, "You know, he, I feel good. I feel like I can win MVPs." Now, the reason that's significant, as pointed out by Gronkowski, so I'm using Gronkowski as my researcher here. Uh, all credit to him for this. Um, he, he Gronkowski pointed out, "You shouldn't be thinking about MVPs, mate. You should be thinking about Super Bowls." What does every good leader use as an example? Super Bowls, as Tebbs nods. Uh, yeah, this is not what you want to hear from your leader. It's someone who's very self-serving, w- although I think that's one of the things we can tell from him and uh, it's just struck, struck the wrong chord with me. Uh, Dan, what, would you agree with what I've said?
2: Yeah, I I completely agree and I think Rogers is valiant enough that he cares about being seen as the greatest of all time, right? And if you look at almost every category he can't beat brady in that. but a few years ago it was the best of all time is either manning rogers or brady right and then brady's won everything since then and destroyed all party records the two things that rogers is thinking he has a chance at is career touchdown to interception ratio which is why he hates throwing picks and he has a chance to win more Regular season MVPs in Brady. And those are two things that he could go, look at me, I'm the best of all time, because I've got both of these stats. While is sitting there with his six Super borings, seven Super borrowings, whatever it is, going, yeah, whatever. Um, he's annoying. I also think he is fully waiting to see what Tom Brady does. Because if they retire in the same year, when they go to the World Fade, he's playing second fiddle to Tom Brady, who will be... At the head of that Hall of Fame class. And he would hate that more than anything else in the world.
1: I love that. That's such a good point. Tevs, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Which is why I found it really, 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 really funny when Ben Roethlisberger retired. And then a few weeks later until Brady retired. It's like, who gives a... F- People don't even remember fucking Beth and Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Because because of that. Do you? I don't. Who? Like that's so funny because um this this is just a personal story. What happened to me was I was like you know what Madden have got a de- Madden have got a deal on they've got like a num they've got a ninety seven rated um, retirement Ben Roethlisberger and I was like yeah oh, I need a quarterback bought it two weeks later Tom Brady retires I'm like fuck off genuinely fuck off I don't want Ben Roethlisberger being fat near my Madden team uh, but there he was being fat just being fucking fat but like you know tom brady's tom brady's unretired but he still completely took all of the limelight off of um roethlisberger and i do agree that it's probably going to be sort of the same thing where it could just end up being a game of eternal chicken for the retirement chicken for these two and they're just going to end up playing forever because no one wants to blink first and retire well tom Um, brady doesn't care surely like tom brady knows
1: that he can retire whenever it doesn't matter if anything i think tom brady is fully winding up Aaron Rodgers.
2: he retired last year Rogers said he was coming back, and then Brady was like, Oh, jokes, so might.
1: See ya. But right, we've cracked it. So, this really the NFL now is just a game of chicken between uh, uh, Rogers and Brady, and uh, everything else is just plays second fiddle. We yeah. just need to wait and see uh, what happens with those two, and, and that's it. Well,
0: it's to be fair. It's going to be interesting to see who the Raiders um, go for because I think the only way the Raiders sort of keep uh, Devontae Adams is. Through having uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, Tom Brady, I don't think. Uh, I've got it. I don't.
1: Wait, I've got. I've literally just covered the perfect thing. Brady, Rodgers both go to the Raiders. Proper quarterback controversy. Whoever wins is the greatest ever. And then they're like, Rodgers is keen. Brady probably isn't. But that's the only way to settle it, right? This is the only way. Quarterback can battle between Rodgers and Brady at the Raiders and neither of them make the team and whoever they take in the seventh round as a rookie quarterback, he plays ahead of the two of them. You heard it in first. That's enough of that. In
2: in a slightly similar way, I do think that there's no way that Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders because if he fails at the Raiders with Devontae Adams and with um, that head coach, Running the same system that Tom Brady ran and won 8,000 Super Bowls with in New England, it's going to bad on him. I think there is a chance that he goes to the Jets. And Joe Namath stoked that fire by saying the Jets can unretire my number 12 jersey, but only if it goes to Aaron Rodgers.
0: No, fuck off. I know. No, no. Brady has left our div. Josh Allen is a bottle job. Rogers can fuck off. He, what he's going to do is he's going to go to the jet, have a Brett Favre jet season, realize that he is just Brett Favre, and then go and embezzle some money. Leave me alone. I'm not into it, allegedly. um <laughs> Allegedly, he's important. Alleged, alleged, allegedly, he embezzled some money. Let's get that in there. Yeah.
1: Let's do some logs. Uh, producer Cash, this is the point where you come in and save us from this mindless ranting. Here comes the money! Money, money, money! <laughs> <laughs> Hello,
4: gentlemen. How are we all doing? What are well, we going to do today, Chris? You're going to be perfect. Well, after last week's train wreck, I've actually scripted what I'm going to say because it was just nothing yet. <laughs> Absolute train wreck. I'm sh- I'm just surprised that I'm going to script. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> 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 so. Last week, everyone took a trip to Dubtown. It was dubs all round well, with Dan and Tebs going arm and out to victory with the 49ers. Hmm, very interesting. And Ollie won with the Eagles. Now, this is where it gets interesting, gentlemen. With two games left, the leaderboards are Ollie leads of seven, uh, seven wins and two losses. And both, what, as I've written down here, Dem boys. Dan and Tebs are following very closely with six and three. So I mean you guys do the calculations here. I mean I've I've been working this out all week because I'm not very good at maths. But <laughs> but basically it means that this week Ollie needs to lose and either Dan and Tebs or both of you need to win in order to just to, just to, just to if you want to get a win. So with that being said, Let me just get my script up once again because I don't want to get this (laughs) wrong like last week. (laughs) This is really good. This is good. Dan has picked the Eagles, whereas Ollie and Tebs have both picked the Bengals. Now, Tebs, on this news, because you went here last week with this news, I will allow you to change your pick if you so wish. But this will be your only chance to. Hang
2: on. Surely, if we're both one game behind, if he wins and Ollie wins, it just comes down to the Super Bowl. They could draw, yeah.
4: No, no, because Ollie's winning by one game. So That's fine. W- Just got to stop yeah.
2: him winning
1: outright. This is great. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah, because you're of the Marham. The the... you're doing a lovey, you're doing a lovey Smith and playing
0: for the tie. Hey,
4: picked me? No, I, think hey, the I play play is, it. is playing
0: for the tie. Temps is playing for the tie. Well, no, I put it, I put it like this. Because of the the Hamlin situation, my fantasy football league, I won it via a tie with <laughs> the uh, other person at the top so you know what so if, if this ends in a tie as well brilliant great <laughs> like I don't care that much Tebs is good for
1: ties across the board what was the uh, what was the uh, Dolphins record this season I'd love it if they were even they weren't really
0: well I don't fucking know,
3: <laughs> you know why? why would I know
1: just so if that was a tie as well that would be perfect that's <laughs> uh, alright me and uh, Tebs are on the Bengals so maybe we'll start there yeah. uh, Tebs you go first mate
0: Yo, Patrick Mahomes is boring. Chiefs are boring. I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl because they're boring. Oh, well, the Chiefs are really good. I don't care. I don't care. I Like, for me, like, they're very, very, like, um, mid-2010s Patriots for me. is I don't pay much mind to the Chiefs. It's, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. When I'm at the Super Bowl, not at the Super Bowl, when I'm watching, when I'm at an event where the Super Bowl is being played, seldom do I watch the game. Very, very, very seldom uh, is my attention taken up by watching football. Um, however, if the Bengals make the Super Bowl again, you know, I will. I might watch for that five minutes at the end if I can see. But currently, yeah, currently, I, I, <laughs> the Chiefs are boring. Like, like the it's like the Forty ers versus the Eagles is going to be a great, great game. game and whoever, yeah, exactly. I just tell oh, it's boring. It's like if Tom Brady went. It's like, I don't care. I'm not interested. Bengals go, Bengals are interested. Bengals are spicy. You know, like there's only one team left in the Final Four that can win the Super Bowl for the first time, and it's the Bengals. And I I just love that particular narrative of they are the first team. They are the they're the first Bengal squad to win the Lombardi trophy. That for me is enough for me to pick the Bengals. There's not much, you know. Reasoning in terms of, well, Patrick Mahomes is injured. This is simply um, my heart. I can't pick 49ers-Eagles. That's far too close as far as I'm concerned. Um, I haven't got a clue who's going to win that game. I'm sure the Chiefs will win it, but I really don't want to.
1: There, there you have it. I mean, you're going with your heart then. That's fine. I, um, I, I was also influenced by my heart this week because I think that the Beng- uh, the Eagles are the most likely winner. But I I I can't, I can't possibly lock against the 49ers in this. It, it would just feel wrong. so I had to go to the other game um, and <clears throat> put it this way: uh, Joe Burrow had never lost to Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes was healthy in those games. I think that they win this week because Burrow and the Bengals are just better when they play against the the uh, the Chiefs, and uh, he's hobbled this week. So yeah, does that make sense to you, Dan? It does. Um I just think uh
2: the key for the game here could be Andy Reid, not be Patrick Mahomes because he's one of the best offensive minds we've got in the league and I'm sure he's gonna have something buying for the Bengals.
1: But he's also he's, he's also lost he done,
2: uh, losing to them.
1: He, yeah, he's also lost to uh Joe Burrow and the uh, and the Bengals numerous times. So uh yeah. Yeah. I'll take your point
2: though. That streak's not gonna last forever. So well maybe
1: it will. That would be weird. Uh, anyway, you you pick the uh, the uh, the Eagles. Well, I pick the Eagles because the
2: 49ers looked bad against the Cowboys. And the Eagles are a much, much, much better team than the Cowboys. Top to bottom, they are the one roster that can really stand up to the 49ers. And the big question is then which QB's gonna play better? Jalen Hurts, who's been fantastic all year. Or Brock Purdy, who has played one good defense, which was the Cowboys, and didn't play very well. Um, so I think the Eagles watched that game in Cowboys Forty ers last week, having already smashed the Giants and rubbed their hands together, going, "I can't wait, can't wait for next week," because yeah, I think right. they match up really well.
1: I think they do as well. I think that the um, the the two of their two of their biggest strengths, particularly on offense, is the uh, the passing game. And uh, Jalen Hurts' ability to uh, to run. And I think that they, they are two of the things that a very good 49er defense do actually struggle with. I'm already having nightmares of thinking about uh, Devontae Smith lining up against Diomidolan or our second uh, cornerback who I, I think is going to have a tough game. So, and yeah. On the other side of the ball, I mean,
2: they've got um, CJ Gardner Johnson that can line up against Kittle. And he's been amazing this year. Um, so, uh, I think they're they're in a position to do well plus i'm a seahawks fan and f the 49ers of
1: i don't agree with that but i do unfortunately agree with everything else i think 49 has got a very tough week ahead um right that'll do us by the time we record next we will know who is in the super bowl so tebs for those people that aren't going to be in the super bowl can you wrap the show up and let them know where to find us next
0: week well ladies and gentlemen go home and enjoy there's only two games left of the playoffs until the super bowl and then basically you know we got a week off next week we've got to struggle to talk about because we've got the pro bowl and i watch so you know if you're a 49ers fan if you're an eagles fan watch with binoculars onto that screen if you're a bengals or a chiefs fan well that game's just not as interesting so you know try your to stay awake i guess um but with that ladies and gentlemen we will see you here. You won't see you here. You'll hear us here next week for the full for event the zone where we will pick apart the championship games and figure out who is going to los Superbolos. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night and enjoy some football. bye
1: Sports Social Podcast Network